Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. to bring the word tonight on wisdom. Can you say wisdom? Wisdom. You know, this is a, a theme, serious theme we've been looking at the uh, across C3 Calgary, online, at the West location, and here at East Village. Um, and uh, if, if you're, it's your first time here tonight, welcome. We love having you here. My name's Stephen. My wife, Brittany, and I are the location pastors of C3 East Village. Uh, my wife's uh, downstairs looking after the kids at the moment. And um, she's awesome. Make sure you say hello to her afterwards. She looks after three kids during the week with my two kids and myself. And now she's looking after the kids tonight. Um, but we're just so happy you chose to be here. We love this community. We love this city. And I, I really do believe God's about to do something amazing in Calgary. And I really believe that we get to be a unique part of being about that for us. Like for us at the moment and how many of us come out and don't come out. It's never been about that for us. It's been about obedience to the Lord, and we feel he, He's called us to this city for a reason at such a time as this, and it's awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. But we've been speaking about wisdom, uh, wisdom for life. Pretty big, uh, pretty big statement, pretty big promise to deliver on there. Um, but, you know, the way it works, if you're wondering, with locations is uh, we get together, Pastor Lauren and myself, Pastor Kelly, and um, sometimes Serena gets in the room. Where is she? Serena's somewhere. There she is. She manages to get in the room. No, she's a PA of Pastor Lon and Kelly. But we pray about what God's speaking to our communities across the board, and, um, and we come up with themes. And if I feel that it's something that's resonating for us, we'll do that. And same with West, or sometimes we veer off. But there's been amazing uh, messages on the wisdom for life at West lately. And so I encourage you, the podcast stream has now been combined. So you can get both the West location and the C3 East Village messages all in one because we're one church East Village. So I encourage you to go uh, three to be specific at the moment, online, West and East Village. So I encourage you to go back and look at that. But I wanted to speak about wisdom tonight and because uh, I believe the Lord wants to speak specifically to us about that. But I have a question for all of us. Can you ever have TMI, too much information? Can you ever learn too much about something or know too much? Um, like Shelby, I like feedback, so it was good that some of you guys did that. Yeah, but can you ever know too much about a topic, know too much about uh, something that's going on in the world, feel like you're being bombarded with information, and it's just TMI, God. Can you, can you silence the noise? Can you silence the information? I think many of us have felt that over the last year and, and maybe even tonight coming in, that we're feeling like we're bombarded with TMI, too much information, and we just don't know what to do about it. That's where I find myself lately. Silence the TMI, a great message for us tonight of how we can silence the noise, silence the TMI in our lives, and actually probably better put, repurpose it and refocus it into something very purposeful and impactful for God. Because we do live in a noisy, noisy, noisy world. And, uh, and it can be overwhelming at times. And the Bible talks a lot about knowledge and wisdom being, being a good thing. 
but knowledge by itself not satisfying, not being enough. And I believe one way we can silence the noise is through godly wisdom of what to do with that noise. So Proverbs uh, chapter 1, verse 20, if you want to turn in your Bibles, for those who brought their Bibles to church who want to go to heaven, it's all right. It's going to be on the Sky Bible behind us as well. But I'd encourage you to take notes and bring your word and, and, and highlight it. If you still use paper, am I the only crazy one that still uses paper? No, there's a couple other um, over 30s in the room who do that too. But that's an awesome thing. The preacher says it's about exploring the wind and get like, because it's not about what I say. It's not about what the preacher says. It's about exploring the word of God together as a church. And I believe he has something to say to us tonight. Proverbs 1, chapter 20. The book of Proverbs is all about wisdom. All about wisdom. It's a father writing to his son, passing on the wisdom that he's learned through in his life is the way it's formatted. But really, as we know about Scripture, it's, it's God, um, God breathed and speaking to us today and has a purpose. So it says, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. And at the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. She, speaking of wisdom, speaks. Verse 22, how long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? Hello, I thought we came to get encouraged tonight. How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? My spirit to you, you turn at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit to you, and I will make my words known to you. I love this. I love this. This is actually really encouraging um, because... As much as we don't like being called simple ones at times, we all can act a little simple in our decisions, especially when there's noise around us. Um, I love the picture of a marketplace, that wisdom's in the marketplace crying out. Have you ever been to like, um, like a noisy, noisy market? I, we don't really have them here. I'm not talking about market more. I'm talking about like maybe you've been to a different culture where there's bartering takes place and there's yelling and there's music and there's festivities and it's noisy that's the picture that's getting painted here uh in the in the first couple years of Brittany and I being married and we just celebrated uh nine years being married last Monday which is exciting and it's awesome and we're gonna have um at the the topic uh, the equipping service coming up we're gonna be stepping into a relationship series and asking his question is actually going to be putting us Brittany and I Pastor B on the hot seat and asking his questions, talking about friendships, dating, and marriage. And anyone who knows Serena is, uh, knows that she's not going to let us off easy. So if you want to see a train wreck and us hung out to dry, come along. Next service. Bring a friend. Everybody loves to see a car crash. It's going to be amazing. But, um, but we got married nine years. But in our first couple years, we didn't have much money to go on holidays. Who am I kidding? We still don't. But, um, but we really didn't then at that point. But I managed to find a killer deal on going to Fiji. Who would like to go to Fiji here, like on a night like tonight? Yeah, I think, I thought this was amazing. It was like 80% off ticket price from, from Australia. We were living in Australia at the time. And, um, and I was like, this is too good to pass up. Now, a part of the deal is, the reason it was so cheap is because the dates weren't necessarily the, the dates that you'd normally go to Fiji. It was, uh, I mean, Technically, right? Technically, technically, it was uh, travel to Fiji at this time, cyclone season. And the Australian government had a warning out that you shouldn't travel to Fiji at this time of year. But it was 80% off. Come on. So we ended up going. 
I didn't tell Brittany that, you know, that was the reason we got it so cheap or anything. We got this all-inclusive deal, and it was amazing. It worked out really, really well. But the thing about Fiji or, or some of these other cultures is they have a different uh, way of, of purchasing goods and doing things. And so don't worry. We didn't, I checked the history of the tropical cyclones, and they'd only been like one in the last 20 years. So I thought one in 20 chance of being trapped, that's good. I'm taking it for 80% off. <laughs> was that wisdom? Was that being a cheapskate? Ah, I'll leave that up to you to decide. But, um, but we got there, and it was amazing. But one of the things is when we got out of the airport and, and off the plane and, and you step outside, you're greeted by a bunch of people trying to sell or get you to join the tour or get their taxi. Has anyone experienced this maybe in a different country? So you step out, and there's people saying, come and, come and join this tour, you know, 50, whatever the Fijian dollars were. Peaceful moment. You're hit by, join this taxi. And it, literally, as you walk out of the airport for this peaceful moment, you're hit by a, noise, a wall of noise. And I believe many of us are feeling like we're hitting up against a wall of noise at the moment. That's the picture that's laid out in Proverbs, a noisy market where there's bartering and things going on. But I love that it says the wisdom's crying out in that moment, in that noise, and there's actually an opportunity for us to access it if we will actually do something. It's a very noisy time. We're in information overload. And actually, that's a psychological thing that it's got comes goes about different names but you can actually experience information overload psychologists recognize this um, some of the symptoms of it are uh, higher blood pressure and stress inability to make decision has anybody found it hard to make decisions in 2020 um, what are some of the other things there uh, inability to sleep well fog and yet yeah, indecisive um, you know like you didn't have a sleep lower energy levels brain fog and yet yeah, indecisiveness like I said, this is information overload. And I believe culturally, many of us in this church and as individuals, we're all experiencing potentially information overload. We face it every day. If you log online, all kinds of opinions, turn on the news, all kinds of news. What used to be uh, once every now and then, we have 24-7 access to it. Where I grew up in Tasmania, we used to have a cabin, and we'd kind of go there for weeks at a time, um, my cousins and I, and it meant that we didn't really have any friends, but we were really close as cousins. It was awesome. Um, but we'd go there, like, you know, end of school uh, for the holidays. We'd get picked up, taken there, and, um, and we'd spend the time there by the ocean. That's where we learned to shark fish and, uh, and dive um, in the, and all kinds of things. It was all big silver thing, and he'd tune. Once a week, my grandfather would pull out the old radio, big silver thing, and he'd tune in the antenna, kind of have a coat hanger, uh, duct tape to it, and we'd listen to the news for 30 minutes once a week, and then he'd shut it off. But we don't live in that world. We live in a world where it's in our face, even if we don't necessarily want it. It's information overload. Our social media is designed to overload us with things that will actually click on to and continue to click on. Has anybody seen um, The Social Dilemma on Netflix? If you haven't seen that, I'd encourage you to, to see that. It's all about how algorithms are designed. We're living in an age of algorithms where our whole life is really um, fed into and designed as a way for companies to profit off us staying online. I know many of you guys realize this, but we're all actually impacted by it. 
And so I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you've thing. Maybe it's a something to do with place. Maybe it's a political thing. Maybe it's a a church thing. Maybe it's a something to do with COVID. And one of your friends online had the completely opposite idea about it, and you've just thought to yourself. How did you get to that? Are you watching different news to what I'm watching? Are you seeing things different to what I'm actually seeing them? And the answer is yes. It's designed that way. It's more profitable that way. Anyway, I'm not going to rant about that now. Go and see Social Dilemma. It'll do you good. But we are living in information overload and an algorithm world. But God has wisdom even in that for us. That's the awesome thing. No matter how noisy the marketplace is, wisdom is crying out to us. And I want to speak about how we can, yes, silence the noise, but maybe it's more repurpose it and use godly wisdom to make it fruitful rather than pointless in our lives. Proverbs 3 verse 13 says, Blessed is the one who finds and gain from silver, the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. That's a big claim the Word of God's making, that wisdom's actually more valuable than gold. Proverbs 1 verse 7 uh, speaks of both the knowledge and wisdom. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So the fear of the Lord, that's not talking about being scared of God. We don't have to be scared of God because everything was poured out on Him in, in Christ Jesus, and now He just has open arms to us. But that word fear means more um, holding Him in awe or, you know, uh, of, of a sacredness, having that kind of, uh, that, you know, recognition that He is creator, and He is God, and He is powerful. Wow, what an amazing privilege it is to get to know Him. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So whether it's noise, whether it's algorithms, whether it's whatever it might be that we're facing, these are all things that can, and I see, because there's a wall of noise that stop us from stepping into the life God has for us. Because there's a wall of noise. And the temptation and the thing that I've seen, which I believe are both unbiblical when we look at the word, is that we either get caught up in the noise and start to sound like it, or we run away from the noise, become a hermit, and remove ourselves. But if we do that, we never actually get to be light in this world. They're both the reactions that we have, but they're both not the thing that God would have for us. I'm sick of noise and the wall of noise pushing people back and stopping them from stepping into the destiny God has for them. It breaks my heart as a pastor because opinions and people's posts on social media or if they shared the wrong article or whatever it might have been have actually stopped people from coming to church. It stopped people from wanting to experience relationship with God. It stopped people from it has got quieter, sown seeds of doubt, and then the noise has got so loud that the wisdom of God has got quieter, and they've actually stepped out of that. And it's a lie from the enemy. It doesn't need to happen. So whether it's noise, whatever it might be, there are things that stop us from stepping in for the good things God has for us. Do we believe tonight that God has a purpose for us? Does he have a purpose for you? Does God have a good, good life for you? 
I, I'm glad to hear that from some of us. Some of us in 2020 believe the lie that maybe we're just meant to coax through life and, and walk with a limp for the rest of our life and not live a good life. That's a lie. I want to declare the truth of God that says he has a plan and a purpose for you. He's placed you on this planet. Yeah, it's not perfect. Yeah, we all have issues. We all have things going on. But he's designed you with purpose to reach people, to share his love with this city. And don't let the noise hold you back anymore. We are given the ability to make the world around us a better place through the noise. John 10.10, 10, the thief's purposifying life and destroy but God's purpose is to give a rich and satisfying life. I want us to break the lie tonight that you don't deserve or you're not going to have a rich and satisfying life. The price that was paid for you is too much for you to accept that lie. The price in Jesus Christ is more valuable and he has more for you and he has a great purpose for you. So if 2020 was a year of dragging your feet, moping around, thinking you're a victim, maybe with good reason. Maybe in the natural you are. But I believe you need to declare that 2021 is going to be a great year. It's going to be a year where you step into victory, where you live out Romans 8 that says, no, in all things, we, are, we can more than overcome. Side rant. Anyway, let's get back on track. But I'm sick of seeing the enemy steal the lie of his people because even through COVID, even through nasty circumstances, we can live a great life and using wisdom is for us. But I'm talking about silencing the noise and using wisdom and knowledge. So let me define knowledge. Let me define wisdom and then give some thoughts kind of in the last half of the message here. Uh, the, let me not define it. Let the dictionary define it. Webster's Dictionary says knowledge is information, information. Remember, we're talking about information overload gained through experience, reasoning, or acquaintance. Wisdom is the ability to discern and to judge what is true, right, and lasting. So you can have knowledge without having wisdom, because that's just information. But you can't have wisdom without having some knowledge. Interesting thing, other than a divine intervention, the gift of wisdom, which we know can happen. I'm, I'm talking more generality here, general living. But let's try and give some examples. So knowledge... Biblically, and even in the, in the dictionary there, um, knowledge would be knowing how to use a gun. Wisdom would be knowing when scriptures and knowing... Knowledge would be knowing the scriptures and knowing what we can do. Wisdom would be knowing what we should do. Do you see the difference? I think this is so important in silencing the noise. And some of you guys are thinking, what, are you adding more noise tonight? Well, hopefully we're going to show how biblical wisdom can silence that noise. But knowledge is knowing what you can do. Wisdom is knowing what and how you should do. Positioning yourself to receive wisdom, not only knowledge in this world, I believe can help us live a fruitful and productive life. And it can actually help make that noise meaningful. And it can help silence the noise, but also repurpose the noise. All information just eventually becomes noise if wisdom is not present in it. I believe that's what the, the Bible tells us through the book of Proverbs. And I'm skimming over a pretty huge topic here. I'd encourage you to seek out the word yourself on it. Um, my, my heart and hope is on a Sunday night, like I would give you um, at C3, that it's not go and dive into the Word of God for yourself and pray for yourself. That's what we believe here um, at C3, that it's not just about a Sunday event. It's a lifestyle of, of seeking God. Um, 
But knowledge without wisdom, I believe, is at best pointless and at worst highly damaging to our destiny. Highly damaging. So you know some things. So I know some things. So what? It doesn't matter. What matters is what are you doing to make the world a better place for that? What are you doing with that information to show God's love to someone else? What are you doing with that information to apply that and use wisdom and act upon that information that you have? That's what matters to me. That's what I believe matters to all of us. But we all fall in the trap of filling our head with information, going down the algorithms, finding the people that support our point of view or whatever it is, it makes us feel like we need to go and have information. And just like eating in the physical, it makes us tired. It makes us feel like we need to go and have a nap because we've just done so much. No, all we did was gouge ourselves on food and we didn't actually make a difference with what we got given to us in the information. So I believe applying godly wisdom can help us take that noise and make a difference in the world. Uh, Proverbs verse 8 says, for wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. Think about that for a minute. All the claims that we say and love in the Word of God, and we say, above all else, God desires our heart, and yes, He does, or our faith, yes, He does. But Proverbs has a take on it that nothing that we can desire can compare with wisdom. That's an interesting thing. I believe wisdom leads us to loving God more. Wisdom leads us to having faith in our heart, and that's why that's there. But it's, we often skip over that, and we say, well, well, God just wants us to, to go out and love people more, and to read our word more. Yes, but He wisdom. Well, God just wants us to, to worship Him and to read our word more. Yes, but He wants us to want wisdom when we do it. The great news is God can and will give us wisdom if we seek it. James 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, what should you do? Ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Let me read that a bit more fluidly and not broken up. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. That's amazing. But let's be honest, for most of us here tonight, when we're presented with information, whether we like the information or not, we don't go to God, we go to Google. Have you ever talked to Siri or Google phone over there? I had a great analogy of where I was going to talk to Google. Have you ever talked to Siri or Google and you say certain things? They can get pretty sassy, can't they? Like, anyway, I looked at, you should look it up later. I had a great example, but we'll leave it. But our, our first temptation or mine is, and I, and I think it maybe can resonate with some of you guys, it's, it's not when we're presented with a situation, an idea, an information overload, an opinion we don't agree with, an uh, opinion we do agree with and want to repost so everybody knows that we agree with it. Guilty. Um, all these things, our first thing is to go to Google, go to online, go to our own knowledge, our own efforts, rather than going to God. But we've got to counteract that in our lives. I've been heavily convicted about this over the last few weeks. Any of you who follow me on social media may know why. If you missed it, that's awesome. Don't worry about it. Don't go backtracking my history or anything. I cleaned that up real good. No, uh, I didn't. It was my story. It deletes after 24 hours. But 
I've actually gotten pretty good, but still not perfect at applying this with pastors or Christian life. It's amazing to me. Many people think that um, pastors or Christian leaders shouldn't have an opinion. I disagree with that. It's just always interesting to me. The opinion that people think I shouldn't have just happens to be the one that they don't agree with. Because I get a lot of likes with the ones that people agree with. Anyway, let's move on. Amen. It's good. Um, most of us, most of us, let's be honest, we don't go to God first. I remember one time, um, I, Brittany and I started a young adults ministry in Tasmania when she, when she moved there. Actually, before she even moved there, I'd signed her up to starting it without telling her. So that was how our marriage kicked off. It was awesome. She landed and said, and now we're introducing our new young adult leaders. I was like, didn't have a chance to talk to her about that yet. But anyway, that's what happens when a small town church and someone arrives new. Oh, you're new? Preach next week. It's amazing. But... Um, we started this young adults ministry, and this caused a relationship issue with one of my friends in that for all kinds of reasons. And so I was doing everything by the book to try and fix this relationship. I don't know if you've done that. I went through information and all that John Maxwell, how to restore relationship points. I went through all the information and all that, the facts and figures of how I could fix this. And after I'd exhausted that, and it, it didn't work, and it, he still wasn't happy with me. We still had this, we weren't like wild at each other. We weren't like brawling or anything, but we just had a tension going on. And I went through all the information, everything I knew in my own strength, everything that uh, people around me told me to do, everything the books told me to do to fix this relationship. Finally, because I'm a little bit simple, finally I got around to going, maybe I should ask God what to do in this situation. Maybe I should seek God's wisdom. And, you know, so I went to God and prayed, and this impression came upon my heart. It didn't happen straight away. Sometimes when we get up and share these stories, we make it sound like we pray and God speaks straight away. Now, sometimes it takes time. And sometimes it's not super clear. Sometimes it's just an impression in us. Um, and for me, it was an impression that I should buy this guy a fishing lure. You know what a fishing lure is? I know you city slickers who grew up in the city. This is the what you put on the end of your thing. I'm like... Hang on, my infant drag it through the water so the fish will be lured in to eat it. And it was the most random thing. I'm like, hang on, my information, my knowledge didn't tell me to do that. John Maxwell didn't tell me to do that. He's held book. Thanks a lot, John. But when I went to God and got this impression, I did that, bought like a $7 lure, gave it to the guy, and it changed everything. We became, we're still really good friends to this day. Now, I don't know why particularly this fishing lure changed, but there's a difference between seeking the right information and knowledge and actually asking God for wisdom in a situation. And if we sincerely ask for wisdom, God will give it. So how do we know if we're using godly wisdom? Well, James 3.17, after chapter 1 here, tells us that if we ask God for wisdom, He'll give it generously. A little bit later on, He says, but the wisdom from above, so in 3 verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, hello, impartial and sincere, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. That's how we can know if we're using wisdom from above. Whatever we're doing, whatever situation we're facing, is it coming from a place of pureness or do we have an agenda behind it? Is it is the heart behind it bringing peace? Now, I don't think that means that we need to be um, uh, not, not speak out, not say things, but is our heart behind it ultimately to create peace or division? 
to gentle? Is it open to reason? Are we open to being wrong? This is wisdom. I'd encourage you to study that. Because God's wisdom is very different to men's wisdom. And I've come to recognize more and more, as mature in Christ as I think I am and in my word and everything, when I act out of my own wisdom, it doesn't act about life the fruit of it, but when I apply God's wisdom to my situation and to my life, the fruit of it is much more better, much more successful, much more impactful, much more loving. So in your life, God's wisdom is available, truth's available, but it may be getting drowned by the noise. Knowledge can be noisy. The noise tricks us into thinking that we're doing something when really we're just getting bloated on knowledge. But I love it, and I'll finish up here in five minutes-ish, um, and we're going to invite the band back up after that. Um, but uh, I do think that this is really, for us, some practical application. But in the first proverb we shared there, in verse 23, it says, If you turn my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you, and I will make my words known to you. I love this. Let me break this down. If, I-F, if. In God's kingdom, there's always a choice. If God loves us, God wants what's best for us, but he never forces us to always be a choice. Always a choice. And there's a result depending on our choices. There should always be a choice. That's why for me um, and many pastors and, and Christians at the moment, the whole censorship stuff, some people get triggered by that, but it actually is really important because it's so anti the kingdom of God to silence voices, and to not give people a choice. And so if, I won't go down that tangent, use godly wisdom, um, but if we turn at his reproof, it says. No, no, actually, I want to focus on if more. At this church, there'll always be a choice. If there's ever a day where we start sounding like we're not giving you a choice, I want you to to bring it up to us and, and or leave the church. Honestly, I say that sincerely because... Churches are notorious for getting a little bit weird and making an environment where there isn't choice. There's always a choice here. You're never forced to do anything in this place. Never. There's only an invitation. There's only an invitation. And I honestly, sincerely mean that. If you feel to kind of suss out what's going on, whether it's a church, whether it's your workplace, whether it's your family, start to kind of suss out what's going on and ask for God's wisdom because if it's from God, I believe there's a choice. Always. And, uh, but the choice here, so we will never force anyone to do anything, but there's an if. So you don't have to join a connect group. But if you do, I believe you'll be more connected, you'll have more friendships, and you'll feel more a part of the church. But you don't have to. You never have to uh, give at this church. Never. You can come along for the rest of your life and never give. But if you do, I believe you'll have more ownership. You'll see more fruit as you're generous. God will start to bring to you as you steward and obey the Word of God in your life. But it's a choice. You never have to join a team. You never have to come and serve at the church. But if, the invitation is, if you do, I believe you'll find your part in the body and you'll get to actually step out and realize that you're called to be a part of something and a part of this body and not just an attender, but engage with the body. It's wisdom. We can. It's an if. And that's the same with wisdom here. It says we can access wisdom. We can have his words revealed to us. But it's a choice. If we want it. If we turn it, he's reproof. Now, reproof means correction. Um, and, uh, and 
and you know, he's, uh, he's rebuke almost, but it's, it's probably a more gentle uh, reproof than that. It's more of just a correction or that pulling on your heart, that unction that maybe something's not not right, you need to change your ways. If there's something where you need to go, yeah, I need to take this to God, that's maybe him reproofing us. Um, it says, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I love that. Wisdom isn't just a logical thing. It's actually the spirit of God functioning in our life. It says spirit. And this is Old Testament, baby. We're not talking about like the spirit pouring out freely like it is now as much as easily accessible as it is for us. But it's saying, if you turn when it comes to seeking wisdom, the Spirit of God will pour out on you, and you will actually have understanding. Wisdom isn't up here. I've gone longer than I could think. It says your words will be known. I've got I to gotta finish on up here. I've gone longer than I, than I intended to. But let's give, get, let me give you a few things here on how we can actually silence the noise. Now, this is in no order. This is just maybe in the last three months, things that have, God's been showing me of how I've been able to silence and repurpose some of that noise in my life to hear his wisdom better. Because I don't think it's a matter of, is God speaking? It's a matter of, have we positioned ourselves in a place where we can hear his voice? And I know towards the end of my life last year, I allowed way too much noise clutter up my small little peanut-sized brain, and I couldn't hear God's voice anymore. But in removing the noise... I'm finding that I'm just having these amazing times of him where he's teaching and showing me things. And I have a peace that I didn't have last year when I was faced with the noise. Um, so firstly, I believe we have to determine that we're actually meant to live a different life to the world around us. We're, we're actually meant to live differently and not get sucked into the noise. I am going to go. It's, it's just preaching like once more in-depth notes. Uh, feel free to talk to me afterwards about it. Um, it's, it's just preaching like once every few weeks to me. You know, I, I just am so excited and bubbling over it, but I don't want to waste your time. So Jesus, please get us back to weekly meetings so that doesn't happen anymore and I can bring the word uh, that you have. But uh, I think, honestly, we need to accept that if we're a Christian today, guess what? We're actually meant to look a little bit different. We're actually meant to not think exactly the same way. And if you're not a Christian today, there's an invitation from Jesus to be in the world, but not of it, if, you're a, if you wanted to be a follower of his. I believe a part of what that means is that we are in the world, so we're located in the noise, but he's detached us from the systems and the priorities of the world that we no longer have to get sucked into the noise because the kingdom is about freedom. It says, for Christ set us free. And I believe it's free from the noise. And there's an invitation to every person to step. I believe we have to, one of the ways of him, I will end the service with that invitation for you. But honestly, I believe we have to, one of the ways of and silencing the noise is recognizing we're not actually meant to get caught up in the noise. We're not meant to be a part of the noise. We're meant to live a different life. First Peter 2 verse 9 says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's what it is to be a follower of his. It's amazing. We get to detach ourselves from the noise and just be in the world to love it, to bring healing, to bring hope, and to bring light without getting sucked into the algorithms and sucked into the noise that only brings harm to people. That's what we get to do. The second is be aware, uh, and this is to help silence the noise, that there's two tensions playing out at any given moment. There's the seen and there's the unseen. There's what we can see in the physical and there's the spiritual realm going on. 
And if we get so stuck in one, so if we get so stuck in just this world and just what's going on around us and so much stuff going on in the coming where these two timelines are going to collide and, and intercede, but there's so much stuff going on in the unseen realm, and I believe this is, Revelation talks about this a lot, if we get so caught up in the, the world, we start to take on the mannerisms, take on the methods, take on the noise and become a part of the noise. But if we get so caught on the other timeline in the unseen and we totally detach ourselves from there, we become flaky and weird and unrelatable but God actually wants to place us in the middle, recognizing that we are in this world. There's a physical going on, but there's also a spiritual. And if I stay in this place where I recognize that maybe the reason p people are doing those things is not something physical, it's actually something spiritual related, or that maybe this spiritual thing that's going on plays out in the physical like this, I believe we silence the noise. Man, I just want to keep going, but I'm not going to. Some of the application that we can really practically take, and I'll invite the band back up. I'm going to do four of these in two minutes. You don't believe me? Watch. It's, these are things that I've found in the last, um, kind of the last few months particularly, I've helped silence the noise. Uh, James 1 verse 5, like for the noise to be silenced, but also praying for wisdom. Check out uh, James 1 verse 5, like we talked about. If we ask God, he'll give us wisdom. But 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 7 to 9 is the story of Solomon and Solomon's prayer for wisdom. It's this amazing thing. God says, I'll give you anything you want. And Solomon's becoming the king. He says, I want wisdom. And God says, because you prayed for wisdom, I'm going to give you wisdom and so much more because that, I believe, goes back to Proverbs there of God um, earnestly wanting us to seek wisdom. And then this bizarre story happens where uh, two prostitutes bring a baby towards King Solomon. It's his first day on the, the, first, uh, day on the job. And he's judging what's going on because that's how it was laid out there. And they said, once they're both saying, this is my baby. One's saying, this one stole it. And there's this whole bizarre story where Solomon ends up saying, well, since you're both saying it's your baby, I'm going to cut the baby in half. And, um, and then it's going to be fair. You take this half, you take this half. Knowing that actually the woman whose baby it genuinely was, she jumps in and says, no, I'd rather the, I don't get the baby. But, you know, anyway, it's a bizarre story. Before that is that he would have, other than you should check it out. It's really bizarre. But the prayer of Solomon before that is that he would have wisdom and discernment. We can pray for wisdom. I've been praying for the noise to be silenced and wisdom in my life. And, and day by day, it's getting better. I can't say I completely tune out, but it's definitely getting better. I'd encourage you to do the same. Fasting. We just came off a week of fasting. One of the things I experienced through that week of fasting, and that was going without and seeking God instead of that thing that I had. I was fasting food. I know some other people are fasting different things, but it's just about putting something aside so that you can focus on God. I found I didn't hear God louder, but the noise was silent around me, so I could hear God louder. Does that make sense? By fasting, God didn't all of a sudden speak to me in a booming voice, but the noise became more silent. I could hear him with clarity. Maybe fasting is something you should do. I'm actually feeling led to do another week of fasting starting tomorrow because I want that rest of that noise to get silenced. I want it all, all done so I can hear his voice. Um, the Word of God, so important for wisdom. Brad and Shelby did an amazing trying to do that outside of the Word of God service on the Word of God. I'd encourage you to, if you want wisdom and you're trying to do that outside of the Word of God, not outside of someone's interpretation of the Word of God, not outside of whatever, but just diving into the Scriptures for yourself and exploring them. I really believe as you commit to that process, wisdom will start to become a daily part of your life. And Sabbathing. I told you these were a lot of random. Sabbathing, it's such a churchy word, but to take a Sabbath is to take a day of rest. I believe one way and maybe a reason why 
where find ourselves being overwhelmed and fatigued by the noise of the world and not knowing what to do and we're indecisive is we've lost the skill of Sabbathing because of the busy lives we live. Sabbath is just a day of rest. It comes from Genesis 2, uh, which God creates the world in six days and then on the seventh day He rests. But then it's a principle laid out throughout the Word of God. The origin, origin of it is the Hebrew word sabbat and um, to cease from the verb, spelt the same way. And it means to stop, to cease, and to keep. Interesting. So if you're finding yourself overwhelmed by the noise, I would ask you, you, have you been praying for the noise to be silent? Been praying for wisdom of how to use that noise and navigate it? Um, Have you been uh, diving into His Word and seeking Him? Or have you found yourself diving more into... uh, different blogs, different news articles, different things that are designed to take you down that track further and further. Put them away for a while and jump into the Word of God. Maybe it's time to fast some of those things that are creating noise and say, okay, I'm not going to quit social media forever, but for one day a week, I'm going to switch it off. Or for one week, I'm going to switch it off. I promise you, you'll feel better after you get through the fidgeting and the anxiety of what do I do with my life now that I don't have this? It will be good for you. And maybe you need to rediscover what it is to Sabbath. My encouragement tonight is simply don't seek mere information, seek wisdom. Don't just go to Google, go to God, the noise. That's wisdom to overwhelm you, but discover God's wisdom in what to do with the noise. That's wisdom. That's wisdom for life. If we could just learn to silence the noise and, and hear God's wisdom, I promise you, you would find yourself being so much more productive, so much more fruitful. You would see so much more amazing things happening in your life, and you would be much much happier. Position your life, and I want all of us at C3 East Village, or if you're visiting with us tonight, to position ourselves in a place where we can hear His voice, not the noise, where we can hear His wisdom. If you want to stand in this place, we'll close the service. I'd love to pray for us. Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 17 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom from God. We have access to wisdom of God, holiness and redemption. When we're in Christ Jesus, we have access to wisdom of God revealed in the way that He lived His life, the way that He treated people, but also the relationship that we have with Him. And if you haven't made that decision tonight, I just want to give you a quick invitation before we close up to maybe start that invitation with Him. And if you could close your eyes out of respect for those around you, if you feel comfortable, you don't have to. Um, But I'd I'd please ask you to consider doing that. And you want to start that relationship tonight. Maybe you don't know really what it's about, but you know that you're missing something in your life. You want to have access to the wisdom of God revealed in a man, and that was Jesus Christ. Could you just give me a quick wave, and I'll say a prayer with you? Maybe you've walked away from that, and you want to actually um, recommit to that procedure. You want to say, Jesus, tonight I want to recommit my life to walk with you. I, there's lots of questions I have. There's lots of things I don't understand about you, but I know there's something about Jesus, and I want to follow Him. If that's you, just give me a quick wave in this place as well, and we'll pray. Awesome, I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody? Judgment upon us, only grace and mercy. God's so good. I love that. It's not a God who has judgment upon us, only grace and mercy and open arms in this place. Anybody else, just as I look across one more time, you either want to make that decision or you want to recommit.
Awesome. Let me pray as we close the service. Lord, I thank you for that hand that went up to, to recommit to you, Jesus, and to see you as the wisdom of God. So I thank you for that person today. They will know that they are in you, Christ. Their identity isn't found in what's going on around them. It's only in you, Jesus. God, that you have broken down every barrier. You've removed any obstacle for relationship with God. So I pray for your Holy Spirit to visit that gentleman again in, uh, in full. And he will know that he's loved. He will know that he's accepted. That he'll know that there's no work that he can do, but it's only what you did, Jesus, to, um, to, to follow you and to enter into your presence freely. So I thank you for new days and fresh beginnings, fresh times in the Word, fresh pouring of the Holy Spirit for him. And for all of us, I just thank you that you give us wisdom, God. We don't want God. I pray for each of us for wisdom. Lord, we want to look to you. So we pray this week, God, I pray for each of us when we're tempted to go down the algorithm, when we're tempted to either be noise or when we come up against the noise, you would give us godly wisdom that pierces through the noise and speaks directly to our heart. I thank you, God, that we won't be known as people who are full of knowledge. We won't be known as people who know everything or have the strongest opinions. But C3 East Village will be known as people who apply godly wisdom that only leads to us loving and enlightening and being light in the dark to the world around us. So any temptation this week um, to be a part of the noise, we just break that right now in the name of Jesus. Anywhere where we need to shift our lifestyle to align ourselves to hear from you, I pray you would reveal that to your people tonight. And in your mighty name, Jesus, I pray everyone would have an amazing week where they would know they're loved, they would know that they're cared for by you, Lord, they would know that things are wisdom from this world. We love you. They would know that they have access to wisdom from above, not wisdom from this world. We love you, Lord. Thanks for being amongst our presence tonight, being here in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. Well, I hope that was okay. I encourage you to continue to apply wisdom this week. I love getting to come together and worship. Who loves to get to come together and worship? So let's keep coming out. Let's keep inviting people. Let's keep praying. And, uh, and if you have any questions, if you want any prayer for anything, we have a team of people who would love to pray for you tonight. If you want to need to update your information, you want to find out more about groups, um, anything like that, make sure you see our host. Thank you for being here tonight on your Sunday night. Have an amazing week. Let's step out those doors as people who activate God's wisdom in our life. Amen? Amen. Thanks. Have an amazing week. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.